0: Welcome to the Rock on a Podcasting show. I am the Rock on a Podcasting, Charles McFaul. Trying to get my wits back about me after a long and awesome Dragon Con. This is one of the few that we date just because I was like, huh, I am still recovering from Dragon Con. So I'm going to let Mike give me the answer the answer. Holy crap. It has been one of those days. See, I'm prepping you for the the more chaotic story that you're going to get than uh, normal because my brain is tired and it's firing in 5,000 different directions, apparently, and I will stumble over some words and, and get some concepts incorrect. But before we get into the question of the day, you know, we always want your questions the way you bring it in. Yeah, I did collect some of those from DragonCon, and thank you for that. That's awesome. I'd love to build this to be next year. Do a live one at DragonCon, do the live Rock Got of Podcasting where you're in the room asking the question and enjoying the story and have that interaction. It'll be great. So please hit me up at bear gmail at gmail.com. Go to rock and hit the speak pipe tab on the side and leave me your voice message. Of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter's at rock out of Facebook is facebook.com forward slash rock out podcasting. So with all that being said, Mikey, Mike, what do we got today? Man, I know you've had a tough weekend, so we're going to throw you a softball. We're going to lob an easy one over the plate here. Talk to me about the nature of reality and what that means to the rock god of podcasting. <laughs> that is not a softball in any sense of the word. <laughs> Holy crap, the nature of reality and what that means. There's so many weird stories we're going to go on here and ideas that i have in this stream of consciousness oh holy crap all right let's start with the basics the the easy things how you see the world is how the world is and what you concentrate on all the time is what will come to you i know we've covered this on when i was on success freaks a number of times i believe that might be one of the core tenets of the secret which i hate i hate that it's called that because it sounds like a cult or religion hey 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 do you know about the secret you know, it's like you feel weird and religious people. And when I first heard about the secret, I was religious. I was in, I still had those tendrils inside of me, you know, warping my thoughts. And if you get into that, go back and listen, we we published the faith versus religion, man. You want a primer on what I mean when I say things, that is a great one. So go listen to that first and then come back and, and finish this episode. But. You know, you hear the secret, you hear the, and if you watch the video, there's some stuff even I go. that's just goofy as crap. I know, thanks. But the idea of what you talk about all the time, how you see the world all the time is how the world sees you and how things come back at you. That has to be your basic understanding for this show. Otherwise, you're going to get lost because I feel like I'm going to go out there on some of my more deeper thoughts that I get to share that I don't know the basics of it. I don't know the realities of it. This is just how I feel. And this one, as all other shows, is is really not safe for work. And if you listen to it with your family, which is fine, you're going to have some explaining to do, Lucy. So let's start with the, again, stay on the basics. And it's chaotic. I'm telling you, it's chaotic. I'm highly wired and highly exhausted at the same time. (laughs) And it's going to be some random thoughts from Charles today. But when you say you want something and then somebody suggests a way to help, and the first thing you do is, no, that can't work. No, you know, it's a negative reaction. That's on you that's the number one tenet of reality is everything's on you the good the bad and the ugly and you can fix it you can change it and he, okay i'm seeing i'm slowing myself down i feel it i'm gonna go with a great story of how i changed my viewpoint as opposed to overcome an obstacle this was not an, I, if any obstacle is in this story it, it was just me and how i viewed the world but that's something that can change so before when i was Coming up through life I was very, very controlling I was very much an asshole It it had to be my way or the highway I was super loud all the time And I can be loud now, don't get me wrong But I was always the loudest one in the room So you heard me and this is retrospective as well it wasn't like I intentionally went in to do some of these things but it happened and i can look back and go this i can i can assign reasons Oh, i was going through this i could see that was in this period of of really trying to control everything so i'd find i'd either be the most offensive in the room just to push buttons and make people laugh or i would i'd be the best at whatever happened i could be better than you and that's the problem is in most things I can be better than most people in an instant situation. And because I know how to throw you off, but life was a game. Life was a contest, and I was trying to win, except that's not real. That was just a a subconscious driving force that I had going on. And uh, I met my wife, and and a lot of the different things she fed back to me helped change my course, helped clear my vision, helped get my head out of my ass. But I got to tell you, I mean, there'd be times when I wanted to do something. I want to make a band and do that. Well, what did you look at? No, 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 that won't work. I mean, I, you shoot down everything because it's not your idea. And that's some people doing purpose. I, I don't know that I Intentionally. I never had that thought, it has to be my idea. And that's the thing, maybe nobody does. Maybe nobody has that conscious thought that says it has to be this way. Maybe it's all subconscious because we're not paying attention to our lives. And that's a key, is you're not paying attention to your life. What does that have to do with your concept of reality? If you're not paying attention to your life, you're doing things without knowing why. And then all of a sudden you're in situations where you're broke or you're unsuccessful or all these negatives happen, and you don't know why. Well, it's because that's literally the life you're driving into and walking into. So I slowly but surely, I had a, a wise man tell me one day, he, he he said, put your hands out like the Allstate insurance company, right? So you kept your hands together. And he said, you think you're bringing me a story like this? And you held your head he made me hold my hands out. Let me backtrack a little bit. So the story is one of the darkest moments of my life. And I, I remember things in color. It's not like dark as in, in depressing. It was dark as in color. I don't know. Maybe they go hand in hand. But it quite literally actually was dark because my wife and I, We it was later in the evening. And we lived the rock star lifestyle, so, uh, which is what I call staying up at night and sleeping during the day. <laughs> if you see a show called Miranda, it's, as I call, Sleeping. It's a funny show. On, on It's on Hulu, but it's also, on I think, I imagine it's on BBC originally. She worked from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. during that time. And I worked one day on the ambulance and two days off. And I'm always a night person. I, I do better at night. Till midday, I don't really wake up good. And even if I have to get up at 6 a.m., it's just, I do better in the evening. So, we probably started a fight around midnight or whatever. And I don't know why we had the lights off. Maybe we were started a fight and stopped it and thought we were going to go bad, and of course that didn't happen. But we ended up doing a, a three-hour fight in the dark. And so I, I think I've told that story. If I haven't, it, it'll come up on a later one because I want to focus on what happened. So that literally had happened a day or two before I went to counseling because I was already going to counseling because there were problems with our marriage. My choice was to let this thing self-destruct or to do everything I could to fix it. And so I was was in counseling. I told the counselor about this fight. And so that's the backstory to him going, okay, hold your hands out. You think you're doing this. You're bringing these ideas. Because that's exactly how I presented it. I I didn't realize I presented it as I did nothing wrong. But the whole story was told from the point of view of this is what she did wrong. And this is how I felt during what she was saying. And, And that's a human nature thing. Our biggest arguments at the time, literally, the words were, you're not listening. Well, that was the truth on both sides. We weren't. That's how reality is shaped. You're not listening to yourself. And that was what this fight was all about. I wasn't listening to me. I was just shoving my point down her throat. And she wasn't listening to her. She was just shoving her point down. And neither one of us listening to each other, of course, either. Let me back up. So the fabric reality is made up by you by your thoughts, by how you're you're seeing things. If you're not listening to yourself, you can't listen to others, period. I saw a quote the other day that says, the problem with society is we don't listen to understand. We listen to argue back. And that's that's a very, very good point. So as he sh- he's gently, because I'm there for help, so I'm actually more open because he's a stranger and he might be saying some of the same things my wife was saying to me or, or my best friend. But I'm listening to him because I'm paying him and I'm seeking help. And it's just an outlet, right? It's so frustrating that I I had this with my kids too, but it's so frustrating that you tell somebody something and I don't know, or they fight you or they just blatantly ignore you or whatever. And then they go to somebody else and they say pretty much the exact same thing you just said. And then it's gold. That is so frustrating, but that's human nature in life. That's, that's how that thing works. Sometimes it takes confirmation. Sometimes it just takes a different voice singing in a different way. Whatever. I've learned to let that go. And so anyway, this guy, he's saying, you know, you think you have open hands. Now make tight fists. And I did. He says, but that's really what you're doing. You're really just doing this. You're, You're holding on to your own stuff. And instantly I just shut him off in my brain because sometimes I just, I just need the drop of soap and the oil on the water. Right. So oil will float to the top of water and it covers as much space as it can, you know. But you drop that soap in there, just one drop, it clarifies and blasts. It almost blasts it away. I mean, it just, psh- I'm talking about, it, of course, in a little bowl, right? But it pushes it to the edge. And just when he said that, the reason I shut him down in my brain was because it was that drop of soap that clarified everything and I could see it because instantly he described what I was feeling without me understanding my feelings. It gave me that clarity and I realized I was emotionally squeezing her to death and I was that's how I felt and and in turn squeezing myself to death that everything that I'm fighting for the fight is because I'm holding on so tightly to everything that I'm I'm crushing it and that was the clarity moment that I needed. Now I stayed in counseling for a while, got some more steps, got some more ideas. I was more open to talking about my own issues after that point, right? But you have to have that clarity moment to start listening to yourself because God, once I started doing that, I was like, oh my God, I am an angry person. Oh, I do do these horrible things I didn't think I did. And then I started realizing the things I was mad at her for was what I was doing or it was my fear. So all that being said, that's what, what shaped my reality at that point. I never wanted her to talk to another guy because I was afraid she would leave me because I was afraid that I wasn't worth anything. And she was my worth and value. And in feeling that and thinking that the reality I shaped was crushing her because any little thing she did that broke from that mold, which would be everything because people can't do that, right? They can't stick to the fake mold that you made for them. Then I would feel worthless or hurt and I would take it out on her. And I think she had some of the same things. I I don't really know. In that time period, I always try to speak just to my experience, because I was learning so much about myself. You know, I I brought on two realities. Well, I brought on one reality. The reality was, but it was conflicting with itself. It was showing me all my, my problems, and that's something we avoid. And the reason I'm talking about this right now is because when you start wanting to shape a positive reality, you will have all your negatives come up first trying to think of a good example. It's not in wash, okay, okay, okay. If you've ever shampooed a carpet, this will help. If not, then it won't. But you can vacuum a floor, and I'm talking about your high-end shampooers. You know, when they come to your house and they show you this and that and the other. But in this particular house, we will shampoo the carpet and it'll just bring up more dirt that's underneath, that's that's embedded in the mat that's under the carpet, and you can clean. And we had a Auric or somebody came by and like, can we show you? Sure, whatever. And because this is a nice day, I didn't have anything better to do, and I'm like, you know what? You'll, I know you'll clean my living room for me, and that'll be a little something I can give to my wife. That's kind of cool. But they kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. She went, holy cow. <laughs> There is a lot of stuff like, yes, I don't think it's ever been deep clean. I don't think it's ever had a good clean. We do the best we can, but somebody owned it before us, and I guarantee you they didn't keep it clean. That's trying to shape, when you try to change your reality, right? When you try to become, I'm tired. I'm tired of this horribleness, or I just really want this, and I truly want this happier life. All your dirt will come up in front of you, so you have to beware of that. You have to know that that's going to happen. You just, man. I, I'm trying to stay on a happier path. I know Mike didn't ask me to do that. I just feel the need to do that. Otherwise, I'll get bogged down in these these stories that I, I have told. And I don't feel right for this topic. So I want to get to some of the, honestly, I want to get to some of the crazier things that I think. And some of the more things that, the things that make me feel happier about life. But I wanted to warn everybody and warn you let's listening. If you truly start trying to follow the secret, okay, I am going to only talk about what's good. I'm only going to speak speak positive. Talking about what's good is not correct. I'm only going to speak positive. I'm going to try to really say what I want. That's difficult because you'll find yourself messing up. You'll find that all of a sudden the world looks differently. You can stand outside your house and it's pretty. On a bright sunny day, it might be the most prettiest thing you've ever seen, the most gorgeous yard, whatever. On a cloudy, gloomy day, it looks like crap maybe. Maybe in the right light, you see all the, the flaws that happened when they were painting it or something else. or That's what this is, right? Perception, you know, people say perception is reality, and that's somewhat true. I just came back from Dragon Con. My whole perception during that time was, man, I am hogging the microphone. I am talking a lot. I was on, if, I, if it wasn't a live show, then I was either on every panel just about or hosting the panels. And I, every time I just try to check with the people in charge, are you, are you, you know, I can do it. It's cool. I cannot do it. And they really seem to like it. Twice, I, I felt like I, maybe three times, I felt like I helped as part of a volunteer of, of that track. Once was I sat on the board so the board op could go do something else. He wanted to see a panel or be a part of something. I'm like, sure, I'll make sure the board runs. No problem. That's exactly what I'm here for. One time, I was like the whole weekend, I did that. Once... The director needed me to run and get a laptop. And he needed it right now. Sure, I'll go do that. And I went and got that and brought it back. Then the, the only other time I felt useful was before a giant show that was going on. I, I, I ran the room and made sure everybody sat where they were supposed to sit. And, and then when it didn't wasn't ready to start on time, I, I did what I do. And I just kept people entertained as best I could until the show was ready. And that felt helpful. But again, that, that mix is helpful with I'm on the microphone. I'm going to get my name out there because that's what I do. But that's I didn't feel that helpful. I didn't feel like I earned my place. I, I, I'm always conscious of of being that person I was before where I just come in and do what I think is best and did it and now I'm the loud asshole who doesn't actually help. That was my perception of and I fight that in my brain because I know the reality is because I'm asking, because I'm always saying I want your feedback. If this isn't helpful, I want to be helpful. That's what I always say. I want to be helpful. Am I helping you? and the positive feedback is there, but I still have that in me to worry about it. So part of my reality of Dragon Con was, am I fucking this up? Am I stepping out too far? But the real reality, that I stepped in the fabric reality, was that maybe I did go a little too far, but the reaction typically was, hey no you're doing a great job thank you so much and and brian Dunway actually told me you helped out more than you know like well that's never been a truer statement because i don't feel like i helped out at all you know i feel like i came in and did my dog and pony show and didn't really do what i would think is help you're talking about four days four 12 hour days give or take not quite you know the, th- the third the fourth day is not that long and now those four days i i can count three times i felt like i helped you know, felt like I contributed and did something. The fabric of reality is what we make it, man. It's how you see it. And I could easily walk away going, I was the king of the world when I wasn't. And I can easily walk away going, man, I did nothing when the reality is I did. It's how you see it. But, but here's the thing. If you walk away from that experience and you go, I did nothing, man. I'm not, I'm not going to do that again because all I did was Feed my ego, and all I did was push my name out there, because I tell you, every time I stepped up the mic, I'm the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. I'm your host for this panel, and bam, off we go. And I would do panels like an interview. So if I have something to add, I add it. It's more of an interactive panel as opposed to what's supposed to happen, which is a moderator sits there and asks a question, and thereby answers it. And if the conversation dies down on the table, you ask another question. You don't inject yourself into the conversation. But I was always part of that conversation. I was always there because I have stuff to say. So if I walked away from that, just believing the negativity, as much as I love myself and I'm willing to embrace my ego and embrace my greatness at the same time, I still have those thoughts of negativity of, did I did I fuck this up? Did I go too far? I'm not quite good enough. I shouldn't have, have stepped in there. And if I, I could own that, I could I could live there. And then I might not ever go back to Dragon Con. I might not see the help that I did. and I still don't know the help that I did. I don't think I'm the king of Dragon Con. That's a stupid phrase I threw out because at some point I would have thought that. I would have thought, I did all these panels. And I'm the man, no. The best compliment, I tweeted this out. Uh, the best compliment I got was there was a panel called uh, Awesome Women in Podcasting that I designed. I said, this is a panel I want to see. I do not want to have anything to do with it. I want it to be all women, right? Uh, but this is a similar idea I'd seen somewhere else. I got a lot out of it. I want to see an awesome women in podcasting panel. I would love to see the women in gaming panel that we've had in the past. But I believe most of the women that were on that panel were not able to make it this year. That's I just had a desire to fill a niche. Well, it turned out the moderator that we thought was going to do it or could do it wasn't able to do it. And they asked me, I said, OK, well, I was very sensitive to the fact that I'm a man right on this panel, and I didn't know half the panel, I only knew two people out of five on this panel, so I don't know how they're gonna to react to me. But I know nobody's here to hear any of my thoughts on anything, so I, I very much pulled it back, asked a question, and they did their thing, and if it died down, I would start it back up again, and every once in a while, I added just a tiny little thought, but really, it was a transitional phrase to get to something else. It was never injecting my thing. The best compliment I got at the end of that was, you did a really great job at shutting up. I was like, I know I tried. No, no, you really, 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 you did a great job at shutting up. And that was a compliment because that was the goal there was to remove myself as much as possible from this panel to have them go on. And here's the thing, without that compliment, I was like, man, I, I probably fucked that up a little bit because I made a perception statement about how it was happening. And it came off, it felt like it came off to one of the panelists as a chauvinist statement because the statement was, Maybe this was one of the first years we could even have a panel like this. And I explained it because she pushed back. I pushed back a little bit more. Uh, no, my explanation is my perception of what's going on. I don't know podcasters on other tracks. I don't know all the female podcasters that are here. They're not coming out of the woodwork. I mean, the, the male podcasters will come in and out. You'll see faces constantly. There'll be people just pulled up on the panel because we know who they are. Panels are built that way. Brian Dunaway, who officially built all the panels after they were suggested, he has access to a list of guests and who are available and this and that and the other and, and he got to pick the people who were on this panel. My point was they're not necessarily coming out of the woodwork and she pushed back and was like, Well oh, no, we've always been here and this and that and the other. And she wasn't rude, but I felt like I offended her as a male person who said this very male thing, which the offense is mine because that's the thing about reality. What we get mad at is something inside of us. What we feel weird about is something inside of us. And I don't like those moments being pointed out because I like to think that I'm very open and honest and clear about things. And sometimes I do have thoughts I don't even realize are there. So that in that moment, when I said it the way I said it, I was able to clarify for myself and for audience and for her, for the lady on the panel. It was a moment that was a little embarrassing because maybe I do have these thoughts of, women aren't around in podcasting, you know? But it, we, we went forward, we went forward, we went forward. I need to get on with this stuff, because I, I feel like I'm spinning into this here. My point is, you have to choose how to see it and make it that. When I went in, I went into this whole adventure going, I'm going to help. That was my entire plan, and that's why I said, I'm going to help, I feel like I helped. That whole thing was the basics of the secret, is if you say, I want this for my kid, okay, well, why don't we do that? No, 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 no. Then you don't want it. If you say, I don't know, you, if you truly want something and you don't know the answers and somebody says, what about? Well, take a look at it. Research it. So my wife, she's in a spot right now where life is frustrating. And we actually had a little fight about last night where she talked about she wants everything for the kids. I said, that's that's ridiculous because all the money in the world won't get you that. You won't have the time to do everything you want to do. And and here's the thing that I want to bounce off of. This is I'm not going to tell her story. That's one my number one rule for life. I tell my story. Now I might reference your story. I might reference our interactions. I might reference my part in what we did with your story. But your story is your story to tell. You see it how you see it. That's where I'm going to go here. So we had this moment where she she said something. At again about wanting everything, and I just I laughed a little bit. And I don't It was more laughs along the lines of. I guess I was thinking. No, you really don't, because every time I try to help you with something, you shut it down. So you really don't want this thing. You say you want. You're stirring yourself into a pit of dis- <laughs> the pits of despair. You're frustrating yourself in this life because you're not living about what by what you want to say. And I, I, I used those words somewhat at the beginning, but at the end, it was. The point I'm trying to make here is I chuckled a little bit. I'm not exactly sure why. It just struck me as humorous. And she goes, why are you laughing? Why can't I want everything? I was like, no, nobody said you couldn't want everything. You obviously have an issue here because if you truly wanted what you wanted, what would it matter what I thought? My thoughts don't change what you want. And that's why I want you, everybody here listening to understand is if you want something, it does not matter what anybody else thinks. That's how you shape your reality. Coming back to how I overcame things, I learned that, that lesson. I started going, man, With podcasting, podcasting started about the time I was going through all this counseling stuff. And I got on, I started talking about my issues on the microphone. And at some point I triggered and went, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. And I could say, I, I didn't know the steps because quite honestly, a lot of the steps didn't even exist at that point. But I said, I know this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be big time at it. I'm going to be, I didn't have these words, but I'm going to be the rock god of podcasting. I'm going to be one of these people that influences the world through this medium. And even at that point, there was no, I mean, of course, there was a Kevin Smith. I mean, he was directing films, but in podcasting, there was no Kevin Smith. It's not the Kevin Smith you know today because he didn't know this stuff existed. Now, I can to say, I'm i am the next Kevin Smith, the storytelling guy. You know, I'm the next nerdist. I'm the next, you know, I'm, I'm the next me is what I am. But I didn't have those words in, but I knew it. And that was the first time I realized what I'm trying to tell you today is people didn't understand because I didn't have the words to explain. My wife didn't understand. My listeners didn't understand. My partners in my adventures didn't understand. And he's actually here today. He's in my house. He comes and stays with me as my friend for Dragon Con. But uh, Hugh had joined me as a co-host and he didn't understand it. His, he's an engineer and his world is very literal. And unless I can show him A plus B equals C, he doesn't get it. And he'd always try to hold me back. Stop putting the cart before the horse. Why don't you worry about this? And he gave me practical stuff. And I didn't have the words to say to him. You're right, just not right now. Cause he said, "Well, if you want to do that, try this." I'm like, "Yes, but it just doesn't feel right." And then maybe six months down the road, things would line up just right. And I would always say it was his idea, but his point was, "I told you that six months ago. You didn't listen." I was like, "No, I listened." That's what you don't understand, and that's why it didn't make me mad. Is that I did listen. My point is, we did part ways on creating together, Hugh and I, but he stayed my friend. But he didn't understand the big picture. And at the same time, I was making mistakes. I can tell that story later about the mistakes I made coming up through podcasting and the relationships I damaged and the ones I saved uh, or or fixed or whatever you want to call it. But nobody understood. And so then it became this really negative thing about your ego so big because I started doing the whole talk about what you want to be. And if somebody asked me, What do you do? I didn't talk about my day job that paid my bills. I said, I'm a podcaster. Well, they don't know what that is. So I'm an internet radio host. Oh, okay. Doo-doo-doo. Wasn't making any money on it, but that's what I said I did. And I just stuck to that. And very early on in the bear crawling years, I dubbed myself the Rock out of Podcasting because then the show was Mental Attitude Meets Talk Radio and it had this very rock vibe to it. Rock God of Podcasting, an image should come into your mind going, Oh, he's going to be. High energy. He might say some off-color things. He might—he's gonna be—you know—you should get this image of this guy on stage as the rock leader, the the song leader. You should get that image of that. This big performance is about to come. It's gonna be something that's an event, right? That's what I intend with this title. If you don't get that, then that's fine. Art is not defined by the artist; it's it's defined by the recipient. It became this negative thing about my ego, and and all this plays into how I view reality. But I started saying, I'm the rock out of podcasting. I started saying, this is what I do. I'm I'm the best at what I do. I started saying all these things that weren't true in my life at that time, but they slowly became true. And I slowly worked towards it. I just always focused on it. And that's how I got to the reality that I'm in now, which is if I want something and somebody laughs at me, that's okay. I, I don't care. See, if I find if I get mad about something, maybe I haven't looked at the reality of it. Maybe I haven't gone, why am I mad yet? and that's something that that definitely helps. So that's all part of the secret, right? I changed, started changing my words, started calling myself these higher loftier things, professional podcaster, rocking out podcasting. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm I'm this show host. I do this great thing over here. It's amazing. And what happened was people believed me. Not that I was lying, but they took me at my word and they started seeing me in that light. And so then I had this nice dichotomy, right? And that might not be the right word, but I had the separate realities is every day in life, people saw me one way. I was the worker at the office. I was the the jackass who talked loud. whatever, however they saw me. You know, I was the guy who could fix the computers. You know, I'll throw a positive in there to offset the jackass part. And my wife was slowly coming along for the ride to see. But there was these people who saw me as this limited thing. And then there was these people on the other hand of it who only saw me through the podcast who saw me as this other thing that I wanted to be. And they took me at that word. And I started to build a reputation in the industry of being very helpful, very friendly, somewhat of an asshole sometimes. Definitely the guy who says what's on his mind. I still do. They, but the guy who, you know, make the off color jokes. A couple of years ago, to end Dragon Con, we were on a panel. And honestly, it was right at the Black Lives Matter hashtag came out. And it wasn't nearly as dramatic or serious as it is today yeah, there's controversies over the actual movement being fake, but we do know that things need to change, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to talk about that. I know there's controversy on either side of it now. But then it had just started. There, I think there was like one story attached to it. It already started to fade in perception, but it was just enough there that I knew the edge of too soon. I was on the edge of too soon, but I had this joke because we're talking about podcasting and, and why you should do it. Somebody said something about you just just get started just get do it. because that's the the ultimate advice all podcasters give just go and do it because I said and I said yeah because hashtag podcast lives matter the crowd laughs but at the same time it's that whoa moment too and of course I play oh what, too soon sorry I'm just you know and I stepped into it at full court because that's who I am I'm that guy I'm the guy who will be the funny one who will own the joke who won't back down because I'm confident in who I am and it was a moment you know i wasn't trying to be offensive i didn't say it to be offensive i maybe somebody took offense to it for sure but for the most part it was a touchy joke that's the reputation i got was it, I'll, tell, I'll tell the touchy jokes and it's okay it's okay if i cross the line it's not by much and it's only by accident but that's because i started saying all these things about myself now let's get to today some of the crazy thoughts so While we we definitely use our words to shape our reality without a doubt. I mean, my wife and I are seeing two different realities right now with our money situation. A few months ago was the first month since I got laid off in 2013. It's the first month that I was able to pay my bills and still have earning potential in the month. Like more stuff was not only coming in, but I was earning more stuff before the next set of bills hit. So up and from two. This is 2016. So up from 2013 to 2016, it's been a struggle. It's been. I'm not sure if we're going to pay this bill. We might have to ask for some money from our parents. When we do our tax money, when we get our refund, we definitely put stuff aside to say, hey, if something goes wrong, we'll tap it. 2016, man, mid-2016 was the first time in my career as a professional podcaster because that's what it became. Because I got little side jobs. I got little gigs that helped pay the bills, but they didn't pay all the bills. And it wasn't my full-time job. It wasn't what I did. So I was a full-time podcaster supplementing my income and I was growing and growing and growing in the podcast and and doing what I do as a performer and as an entertainer and that was a, such a huge moment to hit that I'm two month two weeks maybe as a three maybe as a five week month so I was two or three weeks into the month and we had all the money we needed to pay the bill and I was like holy crap that's amazing and it has stayed that way we've actually gotten to a point now where not only do we pay the bills we're a number of hundreds of dollars ahead of our bill and that was also very amazing. And so I see this amazing world of, all right, I know that Dragon Con took away some earning potential for me because I'm gone for, weekends are my when I've earned my most money and I had to turn down a number of gigs to go to Dragon Con. the Dragon Con's important. It's not only spreading the word about my shows, it's getting the word out there for more podcasters to do things. It's, it's my performance as well. To be honest, you have to get in front of people, new people and important people sometimes to show what you can do so they know hey, you see him on this project over here, or hey, I'm gonna check out the show and grow the audience. Because podcasting is all about the audience. So part of my job is to go and hey, show who I am, and I get to do that at Dragon Con, and so it's important. But my reality says that while I lost some earning potential, I know that the money's gonna come in. And sure enough, I mean, right the weekend before Dragon Con, I was up at Cherokees and Hera, and earned a really, really good amount of money. It might not be huge in some people's eyes, but it was more than I expected to earn, and it's gonna be a nice boost when that check comes in this week to offset the, the loss of earning potential that I had. That's my reality, I'm happy about it. I'm like, wow, man, my life is great. And I, I, I am saying today, and I've said it to Mike, I love my life. I love that even though DragonCon was super busy, I went and I was exhausted, but I did amazing things. I felt like I got to perform a lot, and I love performing, I love talking to people. I love setting up others to be awesome. You know, as I did in some of the cases, I just love all the aspects of that. And I love how exhausted I was. I love that I came back and I'm yeah to get right back to my work. But my work is guess what? This, this is my work. Talking on a microphone is my work. And I love that. Whereas as friends of mine have to go back to the Quotey Fingers air bunnies, real world. And they have a job to go do because they're not where I am yet. You know, And, and, and I love my life. But in the exact same house, in the exact same reality, my wife feels frustrated because she feels broke because sometimes when you work for yourself, not all the money lines up. Sometimes we lose a little bit track of what's coming in and going out and you might get a slight overdraft fee. You know, it's not because we're broke. It's because we didn't quite pay attention to the movement of all the cogs right this second. But it triggers that, memory when we were broke and we were getting overdraft fees and we were feeling so horrible about our lives because, one, we didn't realize it at the time, but we mismanaged the shit out of our money. But, two, we were broke and we were in some tough situations. Well, that doesn't trigger for me anymore because my reality says that's not me. That's him. That's that dumbass over there who had to control everything and wouldn't fucking pay attention to anything, wouldn't take care of his wife, wouldn't take care of his money. Instead, fuck you to jobs because he had an ego and got his feelings hurt. That's that guy. That's not me. Me is the guy that says, I can tough it out through anything I need to. I'm going to make it to a better world and a better time. I'm living in a great world. I love my life. Well, triggers for her. And I. I, I we had a little fight about it last night when she was ill she's like yeah it feels like every time we turn around we're getting overdrafted i'm like no i i i I responded very strongly no i am not gonna let you speak that bullshit i am not gonna let you speak that so it's happened once or twice that is life it's not because we're broke it's not because we're stupid it's because every once in a while we might take the eye off the ball Every once in a while something comes in that's not supposed to happen and Just not even an hour earlier, she had looked at the reason we hit, we did, we hit an overdraft this weekend, and it wasn't because I was spending money at Dragon Con, it wasn't because she was spending money, it's because she ordered something for my daughter's birthday that was in budget, and the place she ordered it from charges twice, which is out of budget. That's not our mistake, it is something we'll fix. But no, I will not let you focus on the negative in my house, and I'm not going to let you speak that, because words are important. Words are very important to the fabric of your reality, because I'm showing you two Different realities in the same exact moment in time and place. Right now, her reality is that she feels broke. That she feels frustrated she can't do other stuff. I don't know where all of it comes from. It's not my story to dive into. But on paper, this thing happened. Oh, we can explain it away. Whatever. We can fix it. Whatever. My reality is I love my life. It's it's not because I'm broke. It's because whatever happened, happened, we'll fix it. It's okay. I'm not angry about it. We'll take care of it. Her reality is, is she's angry about it. She's frustrated. She feels differently and it's our words that bring us there it's how we see our lives how we allow our lives to be seen that brings us there so what do you do for her i try to be supportive every once in a while i'll i'll help try to gently change her words or try to bring her to my side of the reality sometimes i react harshly and i'm not saying it's right i didn't yell or scream or cuss her out or anything i just said no very sternless no i'm not gonna let you do that you're not gonna talk like that not around me this is our house we are going to say what we want. We're going to look at the realities of the good stuff that we've done. Then there's how do other people affect your reality? Well, they can, they can definitely get in your head. They can definitely influence you, especially if you're new, especially if you're new to trying to shape the fabric of reality, especially if you hear this show and it hits home. And you're I, 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 That feels right. And that's the key, people. What feels right? What feels good? In life, when I mix sound... I'm an audio engineer for part of my supplement. When I mix sound, I mix it to where it feels right. And I got to tell you, every time I do that, every time I do that, whoever I'm mixing for, man, that was really great today. I really appreciate what you did. You've got it sounding so good. I don't have this mental engineer thing. I mean, there are people out there who definitely know the ins and outs of the frequencies, and they know they can mix here, and they can do this and that. And they're, in my opinion, better than me. And they can do the same job, and they know exactly what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing on that level. What I'm doing is I know how to run the board. I know what feels right. And that's what I go for. And I usually figure out what works for you. It's not what feels right for me and what feels right as a whole. That I'm a part of this. So I'm a part of this puzzle piece to make this picture whole. But it's about you. How can I get you where you want to be? That's how I mix my audio. And that's how I get those responses. And I, I tell you, man, I, I get... I get compliments all the time about that was so amazing, and I'm like, uh, okay, I don't know what I did. Honestly, I just I just made it feel good. I, I had a crisis of con- uh, crisis of life or whatever not that long ago about this trivia gig I was doing, and has since lost because the restaurant ended up making bad business decisions and and then ultimately canceled our service. But the people fought for it. I mean, they fought for me personally, and they lo- I mean, I would get cheers when I walked into the building to set up my gear i'm thinking i'm just i don't i don't understand why i'm just reading questions and all of the things were going on in my life from other people to make me question my life then it triggers what's in me right this some of the self-doubt some of the not understanding why i affect people the way i affect them and i verbalized that to honestly i can't remember who it could have been mike it could have been uh somebody else but somebody in my inner circle and I verbalized all this. Like, I don't get it. I don't feel like a great performer. Now on the microphone when I'm a podcaster, I feel like a great performer. But here with this trivia thing, I just I'm trapped into just reading these questions. And a lot of times the audience doesn't even feedback. And and I don't I don't know why they like me. I don't understand what's the point. And whoever I was was I was talking to said, "Man, you bring you bring this energy with you." You know what? I think it was Paul Klotz. I think it was Paul Klotz that I, I was mentioning this to. But they said, "You you you bring this energy to the table." that nobody else has when you do a show you bring this energy to the show that yeah we know what we're going to get from you we know sometimes it's drunken uncle (laughs) sometimes you know sometimes it's this or that but you always because even in your transitions when they're so harsh and ugly you make that part of you and you make it entertaining you make a hard left turn in the show to do something else Instead of fumbling over it, you just own it and go with it. And it's just this thing that's your energy. Is that? And I took that. And here's the other thing. Here's how you shape your reality. Fucking accept the good things that people see about you. Because I had no idea about this. I mean, I, I literally was at a moment in my life where I cannot define why people like what I do in certain areas. I could figure out why they like what I do on my shows. I figured out what was right, what, what what felt good on my shows. But in these other areas, I couldn't figure out why they like what I do. And him saying that, and he said more stuff that I can't remember off the top of my head, but everything he said that was positive, I took it in. And then I started looking for more positives. And I'm sure Mike fed me some positives. And the church gig I work with, Metron, definitely fed me some positives. And I started accepting that and it changed my presentation so if i I, i've gone into cold environments cold being um they're just ready for you to do your job and 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 they want to play trivia Right, this is one example. And I've gone into this cold environment and I'm going, I'm going to bring this energy and I'm going to do it. And even if I don't get laughs, even if I don't get cheers from the crowd, which is what I want, if you get it right, I want you to cheer and be loud. If you get it wrong, yo, and boo, you know, it's fine. Well, most trivia people don't want to do that. They're there to kind of talk about their team and do their thing and answer the questions. And there will be times when emotionally I would just get drained in the situation because there's no feedback. But what I've learned from this accepting the message from other people, it changed my reality to a better one. That I can go in, it doesn't matter if you're feeding back, I'm doing my thing, and I love what I do. And that spreads out to where now I am getting more tips, actually. And I'm getting more people reacting and loving what they do because I'm loving what I do. And that did change the fabric of my reality. Now, on my self-imposed time limit, I've got about nine minutes left, and I kind of do want to touch onto the fact that if you pay attention, you'll get where you want to go. There's this thing in my life that I cannot explain, that I really can't touch on, but I've accepted it as a reality of my life, and it's one of those things, if you don't get it, you don't get it. If you do, you do. That's fine. I'm a crazy ass dude who just tells stories. Let's just roll with that. But I remember when I was, how old was I? I was 16 years old when I got my, well, my, I guess my second girlfriend, but my first real girlfriend's. I was with her and her friend. They wanted to go to the pool, as girls do. They just want to lay out, and, and I wanted to hang with her and see her half naked because, you know, I'm 16 and I'm a dude, and that's that's my thing. So we went to the pool, and we ended up, you know, sitting in a certain spot, blah, blah. And the pool had a, a fence around it. And when I sat down at a certain point, she said something that triggered this dream I had. And I don't remember when I had the dream, but I remember the dream because in that moment, and some people call it deja vu, maybe. It didn't feel like I'd done it before. I knew clearly I'd never done this before. But I, I had the dream. So instantly, I saw us sitting next to this fence, what the exact way we were. If you've ever took a picture of something, right? And your focus is really fuzzy. And you're adjusting, you're adjusting. And I'm using manual hand motions here because you can see that. <laughs> but you're... you're Man, this only works for people who actually have turned knobs to adjust the focus. That's the key here because the autofocus, okay, your know, autofocus might work. You hold down the button, it kind of zooms in, zooms out, zooms in, trying to find that perfect focus. But it's fuzzy, right? It's fuzzy. And then all of a sudden, a moment locks in clear and you take that picture. That's my moments that I have. Yeah, I, I know at the time it happens, I'm dreaming about other stuff. But then in reality, in life, when I'm awake and I hit this moment, it locks into a clear moment of this is what I saw. Now that telling the future, no, I think, I think that reality is, is I think, and I think physics is starting to back this up with strength. I, I, I'm going to say something that makes me sound ignorant, but you know, maybe string theory explains it. Maybe other things explain the multiverse. I, I don't know. But science. I'm pretty sure I've taught some people that's and I have to say pretty sure cause I'm fuzzy on it. I don't know because I, I'm a little, I wouldn't say embarrassed about this, but I'm a little going, eh, that's just stupid, man. What, uh, but it's happened so much. It's real. It's real to me. It's real. It happens. I don't talk about it very often, but when you talk about the fabric reality and what it means to me, this is what it means to me. Part of it. And I'm sitting there freaking out in my head. Cause I'm 16. I'm highly religious at 16 years old. And I'm like, there's what the, what the fuck? What, what is it? And, and, In the dream, I never, it's not like I see the face. It's not like even remember the dream until the moment happens. But when the moment happens, I clearly remember the dream. And it's never a big dream. It's never, it's not a scene. It's a photograph. And it it did. It locked in of just us sitting next to this fence and, and me and the two girls and this and that and the other. And it freaked me the fuck out. Now, I don't remember all of them in life, but at some point I had to explain it to myself, right? Because I'm highly religious and and I was taught that God doesn't send visions anymore. I I saw all these things that that freaked me out about this touching the base of reality. So I said, well, you know, all I can know is is confirmation I'm doing the right thing in my life. I remember telling my mother about this once, and I don't remember her saying anything back to me, honestly. I don't have any idea if she remembers it now in her life. I don't have any idea what she thought about it at the time. I just remember telling her and saying, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to talk about it with, but I I know it keeps happening. It's freaking me out. And I was kind of backhandedly asking for an opinion, but I didn't get one that I can remember. But I said, all I can say is it's just confirmation that I'm doing I'm where I'm supposed to be in life. Now, do I believe in destiny? No. What I believe in is that it's hard to perceive, but that all time happens at once, right? Time is not a line. It's more of a a circle, more of a ball, if you will. We can only perceive it in a certain way, going straight forward. But I think if you have those moments, if you have that awareness of life, you can touch that a little bit. And perhaps you send stuff back to yourself i see i don't even know what i'm talking about i'm just figuring some of this out but this is something i i believe is there that you don't necessarily send it back i I don't know how to explain it but i can tell you there's been more there's more more including this weekend at dragon con including last weekend which has never happened before i've never had it be like too that close to each other last weekend it happened as well and i'll describe both of those But the the gist of it is, except for one dream that I had that always stuck with me, except for one, and I can tell you about that too, it's always been a moment that pops up. I mean, there was a moment where I'm at my computer, this is a long time ago, but in the dream, you don't make sense of it because it's something that your brain can't even comprehend. You're not even there yet. And who knows? Maybe it all happened in one night. Maybe it happened over periods of time. I don't fucking know. That's the nature of dreams, is you think they're bullshit, right? And you don't hardly remember any of them as you wake up. Sometimes you can remember some of it in the morning. Sometimes certain things will stick with you. But then your brain starts filling in gaps. We've proven that scientifically is memory is not what you think it is. You'll remember parts of things and your brain will start putting in gaps to stitch the picture together. That might not exactly be true. The nature of dreams is your subconscious doing something. Psychologists would say one thing. A quantum physics scientist, I think, would say another thing. I, I don't know what to say. But there was this time... That I was sitting working, this is a couple of years ago when I was at the old house, but I was working at home for a heart clinic where I read heart rhythms. And so I have this big rack in front of me that has two or three screens on it. And I'm watching TV on one screen and I'm watching, you know, I've got the heart rhythms on the other, but at the time that I dreamed this, I, I had no concept of what a heart rhythm was and how to read it. Of course, the TV show that I was watching hadn't even happened, so I'd have no concept of whatever that TV show was. And the, the pictures just went from unfocused to focused, snapped in. I went, holy shit. And this was at a point in life that I could go, no, I kind of understand what this is. It's not just confirmation of I'm doing what's right in the world. It's an actual memory of the future is what somebody had told me at one point. I don't know if I believe that phrase. I don't know what I don't know. Is snapped in. I went, holy shit! I was watching this show, and it, the, the TV show triggered because it's always a sound or a word or a motion, and something happened in the show that clicked that picture in as exact the way the person was standing on the show and what they were doing, and that the off to the side with these squiggling lines in the screen. And each of these moments, I kind of wake up in the dream a little bit to go, "What the fuck was that?" and then go back to sleep. Typically. And that was one of those moments. And it walked in and it clarified. And cause I was miserable at what I was doing at that moment, but it got me to where I needed to be. And I went, huh, that's interesting. And I I physically feel it. I feel a moment of clarity of like, what the fuck just happened? Knowing I've never done it before. And I knew it was one of these dreams. So to, to tell you what happened last weekend. I'm in Cherokee, North Carolina. This is only the second time I've been there. The dream happened a long, long time ago. All these happen. It's not like, oh, I dreamed this the other day and it happened. No, I'm talking about years, if not decades before. Like I said, this could have all happened one night when I was a kid. I don't know when the dreams came because I don't remember them until it snaps into a clarity moment. And we literally... Last minute, Bill and I are going to get some breakfast in this casino that has been renovated since the last time I've actually been in it as an adult. So literally in this area, I've never been to this area before ever in my life for any reason. And the way we're standing in line, and then the sign locked in, and the way he's right exactly where he's standing before me. Cause I can remember this dream kind of. I remember I'm following somebody. We're doing something important, and then the scene just locks in, and then it. Then done, dream done, gone. And sure enough, we're doing something more. We're running a show together out there at Cherokee, uh, putting on this big festival. And we're both in line to get breakfast and the way he's standing and then she, the girl who's serving us turned around and the signs were exactly the way they needed to be and everything just snapped into focus. I went, ha ha, look at that. I'm doing some awesome stuff. I'm finally to a point where I'm happier in life. And I kind of toy with the idea of maybe I can send this memory back to myself. I don't know do I have a scientific proof that I can't well you used to have scientific proof that the world was flat and it's not so fuck you (laughs) because I like it I don't know if I can send this stuff back I have no idea why I have these moments But wouldn't it be cool that now that I'm in a happier spot, that I finally went through all this hardship. I went through a lot of shit when I was a kid, went through a lot of shit as a young adult, brought on a lot of shit from a young adult through my adulthood life to myself, clarified my path, clarified my words, clarified my reality that I am in a place that I love my life. Maybe I can resonate that back to myself. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that that picture snapped in and I went, look at that. And then I was at Dragon Con this weekend, and another moment just like that happened with people that I could not have foreseen coming into my life, moments I couldn't have seen happening, and another one locked into place. So I was like, huh, that's never happened before. Two back-to-back. Yeah, you know, who knows what it means. I read a book one time. I'm end with this. It's not about memories or, or thoughts or fabric reality, but it was this great thing about time. It's called Einstein's Dreams. I've had difficulty finding it since I originally found it. And it was a, a small man, there's I don't know what these books are called, they're like postcard books. With the shape of, or maybe what, it maybe it's just a miniature paperback. I can't remember now, but I know it wasn't like a full size book, it was a, a smaller pocket like paperback book. And it's called Einstein's Dreams. And the premise of this fictional book was about that Einstein was well known for going out and he's working as a patent clerk, right? As he discovered his theory of relativity and how everything works. And he was known for going out to the park and taking naps and whatever on his lunch break. And so this fictional story is all all different stories you know, there's no chapters. He's quote unquote chapter was his own story. So it's a bunch of short stories. And there's all theories on on the, the idea that he went days up until he actually discovered his theory of relativity for now. These are the dreams that he had when he took his naps. And it's so amazing about these concepts of how time can work. Like one of the stories is the higher up in the altitude you go, the slower time is. So all the poor people live at the, at the base towards earth and their time passes rapidly and they age rapidly, but uh, you can afford to move up higher. The higher you get away from the core of the earth and they didn't use core, but basically the altitude, the higher up you get, the slower time goes. That was a brilliant concept. There's one where time is a physical place. And the closer you get to it, the more it slows down. And the further away you get from it, the more it speeds up. And it's just this beautiful written piece about uh, what I remember about it is is families with ch- children who are dying are moving closer to time to make it slow down so they can have the most time possible with their child before they pass away. There's all these great concepts of just fantasy, right? Just Just fantastical things. But what if we truly you ask scientists and you pay attention to things we truly don't know the nature of time and i'm pretty sure And again i'm not a scientist and i haven't spent a lot of time studying this but i do watch things and i do pay attention to blips and things get into my memory i'm pretty sure there are some theories out there that time doesn't work exactly the way we think it does our perception is the straight line and the theory of relativity but in reality time works as a ball as a, a a sphere Everything happens at once and all this other stuff. So I'm just saying keep your mind open to things. You might have things happen in your life and you don't know why. Well, sometimes that's your words. You might happen, have things happen in life and you don't know why. And sometimes it's because you're chasing the reality you truly want. It doesn't match the reality you see, but you're chasing the reality you want. And it's starting to come to you. So to, to I feel like I kind of have to summarize what I've done here. But to start off with the basics of the secret. And when you start trying to change your reality, the dirt is gonna come up. The 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 negativity is gonna come up. People around you might react. I have lost people in my life because now I'm happy. You have gone through a path of people come in and go out, and if they're not ready to change, they move on. And have to let that be their decision. Some people have been drugged, kicking and screaming, unfortunately. My wife, as one of them, because we chose to be together. And I, I've I've definitely learned how to tone things down and and not shine so bright sometimes and not say so many words to her. And and she'll tell you. And she's going to give us a question for the show. And I'm going to let her ask whatever she wants. And I'm going to talk honestly about whatever she asks me. But she got drug kicking, screaming sometimes, sometimes not. And sometimes I'm not nearly as far ahead in this happy life as I think I am. I'm not nearly as understanding as I think I am my perception that I am. But that's the point when you start changing, things around you will change. What do you want most? Do you want your happy life that you deserve and and hopefully people come along that you love or do you want to stay in this misery that you know is safe? That's the first step. Then the second step is getting to that point where you just become self-centered because that's where the problems are. That's where the happiness is. You have to listen to yourself to be able to listen to others. And then finally I, I went out on a, a branch and I talked about, the, the, I fully believe, I mean, I'm telling you, this is the stuff that happens to me. Don't know why. Can't explain it. I'd love to hear some science behind it. I know I don't really believe in ghosts. I don't believe in auras. You know, I don't, those things aren't, they just don't feel right to me. But I can tell you this, this almost Dr. Hoo-y, timely, wimely, wibbly, wobbly thing. It feels right. It makes sense. And I, I, it doesn't matter what the explanation is. It is what it is. I can deny it. I can explain it. I can hide it. I can shout it to the world. It doesn't change what it is. And that's where I am on The Fabric of Reality. Part one. Because I don't have part two yet, but I know there's a part two somewhere in there. That's it. I'm Rock God of Podcasting. Follow me on facebook.com forward slash Rock God of Podcasting. Twitter's at Rock God of Pod. And uh, you know you can go to charlesmcfall.com and leave a SpeakPipe message. We'd like to have your questions for the show. So record your questions there, charlesmcfall.com. There's a SpeakPipe Go ahead and do that or bearcrawling at gmail.com.